Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching... FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hello and welcome inside Hour 3 of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thursday night football goes to the Patriots, at least the overhead. 21-18 is the final, and we're going to have more of the Bill Belichick aspect of this in a few minutes. Thanks to Jay Glazer for stopping by a few minutes ago. He was absolutely terrific and gave us some great talking points on Belichick. If you missed any of it, the Best of Podcast goes up right after our show is over on iTunes. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it is there. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Download, rate us, subscribe. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Again, find the Jay Glazer interview in the Best of Podcast. Again, right after we get done with the show, it goes up. It was some must-listen stuff from him. But for the Steelers aspect of this first, Mike, because I don't think anybody came into this game tonight thinking, okay, the Steelers aren't going to win, right? The Patriots are done. They're 2-10. and 10. They have no quarterback. They have nothing. And they came out in the first half and just took it to the Steelers. Sure. The Steelers now have lost in consecutive weeks to the 2-10 and 10 Cardinals and the 2-10 and 10 Patriots. And this shows you what it's been like for the Steelers for the last, you know, I don't know, three decades. But – 
this has to be the worst two-week stretch for the Steelers, maybe in 30 years. Sure. And I'm not lying. I mean, that because they're over 500 every year. This is as bad a two-week stretch that I can ever remember them having just because here's two teams who were terrible, who have given up, and they're trying to work towards next year, and still the Steelers have a pretty good defense and a pretty good run game, can't find a way to get by. Well, I think you're overestimating the run game. This is the, I think they've had a couple of instances where the run game worked, but for the most part, it's been suspect. It, it, just slightly better than what Green Bay has been putting out in the run game. I don't know. Jalen Warren's been good. They, every time he's been a good ball, receiver out of the backfield. Right, he's averaging but in terms six of yards running of the ball. Well, they keep well they keep well they keep sticking it to Najee Harris, which yes. you know, and is three point nine yards per exactly. carry. But Harris has been better in the last few weeks, and that running look something's kept. That's what's kept. Them I like afloat. that. It's been better. Yeah, well, from where they were, yeah, because I'm be comparing better. it to the because I'm comparing it to the passing game and the offense has been awful because Kenny Pickett is bad and Mitchell Trubisky is worse. So wow. the running game and, and what the running backs been able to do has been able to keep them afloat offensively. But now looking at this is as embarrassing as it gets. I mean, these are two games you're expecting the steal I'm, I'm sitting here going man the steel is just going to sit here and suck all the way to like an 11 win season and you know they're seven and they're, you know they here, here they are sitting at seven and four they're going to beat the patriots they're going to beat this cardinals they're going to be nine and four and it's going to be oh my goodness but no here they are losing to two of the worst teams in the nfl and if the playoffs started today the steelers are out of it well, eventually the chickens come home to roost. You can't put points on the board. Look, moving the ball between the 20s, don't care, right? That's great. You know, the defense holding up in the red zone, fantastic. Offense needing to settle for long field goal attempts. Hey, or here's comes super toe from 56, which is what they did today. That's how they got on the board. Yeah, 56-yard field goal. Let's go. And then Trubisky made a couple of plays, right? That throw to Johnson was great. Got into the end zone with his leg. But some of the other decision-making, some of the other play-calling, uh, asinine. You know, the old, hey, let's run a yard and a half short of the sticks on a pass route. Like, the just basic things that we've seen the Patriots beat themselves this year, uncharacteristically, you're seeing the same thing in Pittsburgh. And the run game, you got two guys that are coming into tonight's game had 600 yards rushing. Yay. Uh, over four yards of carry, that's fine. And I like Jalen Warren, the explosiveness. But there's been no ability to create uh, any kind of action with a play-action pass because your run game has been anemic uh, and not giving you that, that option to where it's a constant threat. Tonight we watched in the first half. You didn't take any shots downfield. At all. George Pickens, how many times do you see a shot of him? Look, he's generally salty. But how yeah. many shots oh, yeah, of him yeah. sitting on the the bench did you have where he just, you know, he's got the thousand yard stare, right? Of all right, what am I what am I part of here? Once again, so that's another week that they're gonna have to deal with that in the locker room. Right. Johnson got his touchdown, so maybe he's quiet uh this week. But you, you couldn't even get Fryermuth involved a ton. The pass game, short intermediate. Just nothing crisp, and then you could just sit on routes, which is what the Patriots did. Uh, you got the huge first half from Bailey Zappi. I mean, you got to give the Steelers credit on the defensive side. They held him to 44 passing yards in the second half, buddy. Mm. Problem is, he'd thrown for 196 and three scores. That's true. Yeah, first. those three scores, those, that first half counts, buddy. I mean, that first half counts. That's the problem of it, right? It counts, though. <laughs> exactly. Football's a 60-minute game. That first half counts. Yeah. Now, Plus, you're the Jets. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then I wish none of it counted. Now, 
for the Belichick aspect of this, this has been the best Patriots game of the year, right? I mean, I, I don't think I don't think that's a hot take. This has been the Patriots' best game of the year. They beat the Jets earlier this season, but you saw how bad the Jets are. They absolutely stink, right? They beat Buffalo. That was big, 29-25. Yeah, but look at those three wins. Yeah, but here you are on Thursday night beating the Steelers when it looks like all was lost in the middle of the year when you could have just quit, but your quarterback change works. And – you know, it was interesting talking to Jay Glazer. It's always great talking to Jay. But talking to him earlier last hour when he said, you know, trying to get Belichick, and if he goes someplace else after this year, which which Jay believes he is, and a lot of people think he is. Look, we told you last summer this is going to be it for Belichick in, in New England. Is that the way he coaches and coaching with the negativity and the and, and, and the iron fist type, it doesn't connect with players like it used to. And there's other places people can go, players can go that are happier, especially now they know they're going to win other places. Because, you know, he had, the, he had the monopoly on it when it was, yeah, I coach a certain way, but we have Brady, and you know every other year you're going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, that's a big thing. Like, Brady was the drawing card. You know, hey, it's okay, come here. And other players, uh, you've heard stories of them telling free agents, no, come here, Tom's there, it's going to be great. It's not going to be the greatest experience, you know, but it's going to be good enough where you're going to win. You're going to get, you're going to have, you're going to play great, and you could win a Super Bowl and win a ring. So that was always a thing. But now it's not. And it's not a place where he can where, where he can go, and especially when you look at the way that he coaches, and it, it doesn't resonate with players anymore. And, you know, that's something, honestly, that is more of a universal statement than just NFL players who don't respond to negativity anymore. And then this, this could be part of it's the new generation or whether it's Generation Z players versus others, but I'll tell you what, in the last few years that I spent coaching soccer and softball is that, you know, uh, it's it's funny because one of the things that, that I, I get that that people say about me as a coach is, boy, you know, your your positivity is is great. You know, I, you know, the positivity of the girls is so great. And it's it sometimes I take it a bit of a, it's a bit of a backhanded compliment they give me because sometimes they don't see what I do with the girls all the time as far as getting them better and making them the best version of themselves they can be. You know, I don't always do some kind of here's some crazy drill with a with cones and a net and and here's you know a guy throwing you know hot clam chatter on you. You know, I don't do that. You know. So it's different things. All but the positivity, positivity. Um, yeah, and all you a, spew is negativity here on the airwaves. That's a, that is not the Four Jets hours are great, a night, except every they suck damn night. Uh, and and it's like oh, you're positive. Sometimes I go. Some people see it, and some people don't. And 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 it's kind of a backhanded thing. But that's coaching. And and the, you can't motivate players negative negatively anymore. At least I've seen, and, and this is you know I'm just going on you know seven or eight years of two sports and how and how players respond and how girls respond. You know, you and I grew up. You know, we're in our, our early fifties now, and it has always been well. The coach was hard on you, and he turned you into and made you mature and turned you into a better player, and you learned responsibility and all these other nah, things. Yeah, they were a bunch of jerks. They should and all that, be in jail. And that's. <laughs> Slammer, yo. Here, let me take your helmet and slam you into the guy next to you. Let me hit you in the back of the helmet with a whistle. Or no water break. What do you mean no water exactly. break? No water break. No, no. That's We're running until somebody throws up. No, 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 no. That's the coach. The coach can't do that anymore. Coach can't do it. But that's how you and I you know, came up. And that's still how a lot of coaches coach because they're all coaches that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. They've coached one way the entire time. Well, every generation – 
is different, and every generation of players adjusts a little bit more. And there's no – I can just tell just by all the girls that I've coached the last few years, there's no way that in a few years there's going to be any, quote, negative coaches left where any more my way or the highway guys are left. You have to have some kind of way to find a way to individually connect with each of your players to turn them into the best version of themselves they can be. Because, I, you know, seeing if you just yeah, – people are just going to unplug. I don't, I don't need this guy yelling at me. And you know who the ones that are only going to be the ones that step in the way and, and say otherwise are the parents. No, no, that's how I grew up, and that's how I coach. And this coach cares about you. No, there's more than one way to coach. And this way, that the way Belichick does it, it's a dinosaur way. And that's going to be completely out of practice in a few years when these coaches that have been doing it this way are all gone. And they've all retired or they've moved on or they stopped coaching. And it's going to be the coaches like Danny Hurley, who loves his players more than anything. And UConn wins a national championship mainly because of that. Uh, it's going to be coaches that you see like Dan Campbell, who love his guys and put them in the great space, place to succeed. And Jared Goff is such a great place mentally. He could wind up being a quarterback playing in the Super Bowl this year with the Lions, right? You see that way of coaching. That's the way it's going to be done now. And the way of Bella chick yeah that's it that's a buy that's a that's like a relic of a bygone era no coaches are going to come out that you're going to see make legends of themselves over the next few years that are going to be boy this is an old school guy a throwback guy to you know bear bryant and and all the ways things were done in the 70s and how horrible camps were and how they treated you that that is just not going to happen anymore well but to be fair I, i have we ever really heard that bill belichick treated anybody really badly he just had expectations that you came in and did your job, right? No, he's they, not. He's heard not. A lot of Sean, say it's no fun. You heard no, a lot no, of no, 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 no. There's a difference no between fun and being a, you know, a bad coach, the kind that we're describing. Like that, there's, there's still a gap there, right? Would you rather have them be like Sean Payton or Kirby Smart? Oh yeah, we had that uh, freshman linebacker and he got lost, and you know it's his fault we lost that game, like he did the other day. Or Sean Payton going out of his way without saying Russell Wilson's name to basically take a baseball bat to him. Yeah, Jerry Judy was open a bunch. You know, we just, you know, what do you, what do you, you know, hey, we didn't. Well, no, well, look, there's a difference between between blaming a guy for a play for a game and a general way that you coach. No, no, but but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you know, it's all on a a continuum here. Belichick's never gone to a podium and verbally undressed a guy. Tell me one time he's ever gone and talked about how well a guy's played. But he didn't, he, he but you don't have Tom but, Brady but, played. But great. my point is, you you're going to the all right. You got to kiss the guy's ass kind of thing. I'm saying he just talks about team, and that doesn't make him a bad guy, or I, or, an, or a coach, coach, type of coach that needs to be outdated. Like I don't. Let's go to Lincoln Riley. Hey Caleb, you don't feel like it? Eh, don't go meet the media. Is that good coaching? Is that what he's been charged to do? Meanwhile, throwing everybody else under the bus every chance he gets? I'm just trying to get where we're at on the continuum here because I, I don't see that well, you Belichick have to be a good been coach. A- Right, and Belichick is a good coach. There's Blair's Blair. He was a good coach. I don't think he's a good coach. He hasn't been a good coach in three and a half years. He's been. This has been his team, and look how bad it is. I mean, it's bad on the field. It's it's and and now this is on a night. This is a night they win a game, and you're crushing his soul. Telling you, man, it's this this way. His way of doing things. It's a dinosaur's way. It's a Brady could throw for five touchdowns a game. How did Tom play? Matt Tom was fine. 
Tom Brady could yeah. do that. We're, we're, we're moving on to next week. We no, tonight, what's tonight, he going to do? Over. Come out and start tonight's throwing over. confetti up? Tonight's we over. We want a game. We're on to the next one. How about how about you talk about how the guy the guys worked hard in practice all week and he put out a great game for you and to give him five seconds of saying, hey, that's a great effort by him and, and the guys need to learn and you know and he's a great leader. and what Jason, he does, do you, you know, know who you're dealing with? with? That's what It used to work that way. It doesn't work that dealing way Dealing with an ass hat. Does not. Does not. <laughs> Wait, is he talking about Belichick or me, Smith? Oh, I could be both. It could be both. You'll never put, know. I'm going to put a poll of that up on X. Go hey, ahead. Is Frostburg calling Belichick or Harmon an asshat? Hang on. Let me get that. And send. Uh, look, we'll keep continue to break this down throughout the rest of the hour with Belichick and his situation because now, you know, hey, going someplace after this year. Uh, but straight ahead, we go to Vegas and get the latest on the NBA in-season tournament. Are we only going to see LeBron for one more game and then not until after the All-Star break? Wait a minute. How big a deal is the NBA in-season tournament? Are we going to see big changes to it? Keep it right here. Jason and Mike, this is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Teichert really running the Christopher Lee Christmas album into the ground. It's a very Count Dooku Christmas. Fox Sports Radio, <laughs> the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the TireRack.com studios. And on the third no, no, day no, of Christmas, my younglings came to me. <laughs> it's Dooku, not Doofenshmirtz. Because I really don't like Christmas. <laughs> oh, Anakin, kill all those younglings. Whoa. Kill them all till they're dead. Whoa. It's a family show. That's, it. That's what he did. Come on. Good man. Admit it, Tyshirt, you're listening to this song like in your car driving back and forth. Oh, are you now. kidding me? <laughs> I'm turning on that scene with Anakin and the Younglings every night. <laughs> you're, you're driving. You see you see a, a cute woman next to you in the car. You're rolling down the window, singing along to this and pointing to the radio. And she's looking at you and, you know, rolls her window up and just takes off. <laughs> no, nah, she looks at me. And she's like, Christopher Lee? <laughs> well, that's you know who to marry. Well, then that's just found, it. If she can you identify your wife that, that boom. Or she goes, Christopher Lee killed the younglings, you son of a such and so forth. Get out of here. He didn't do it. No, he he didn't. He didn't do any of the wet work. Oh, come on. Come on, man. He made Anakin do it. No, he didn't. Yeah, sure. He He may have ordered the code code red, but he didn't follow through with it. Oh, no, look, I'm not saying Anakin's not guilty, too. This is part. But I mean, come on, man. He's all Anakin. Dooku's not a good guy, man. Stop. Dooku's not a good guy. He's a good guy. He's not a good guy. Even when he recorded that Christmas, he killed all these sound engineers after they recorded the album. They Good. got it out there, and he killed them all. With they lightning. probably all yes. sucked. They-, <laughs> they, they played bad drops, and they wanted to be on air all the time. So, though. <laughs> we now know who is going to be playing for the first ever NBA in-season tournament championship. <laughs> You're close. You're in the Midwest. The Indiana Pacers... And the Los Angeles Lakers go at it on Saturday for the Pat O'Brien Trophy. Joining us now on the hotline, nobody better. Longtime NBA insider. Check him out on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina. That's at Mark G underscore Medina. Mark, I mean, can you feel the excitement through the television, through everything as we get ready for the first in-season tournament championship? Uh, I can certainly feel the excitement, even if uh, I feel blinded by the courts. I feel deaf with all the shouts in the stands. I just feel like, you know, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but it seems inevitable the Lakers are going to beat the Pacers in the final here, and it's it's a ripple effect. We got LeBron James being able to add to his resume that he's an NBA in-season tournament champion. Now the LeBron-Michael Jordan debate is finally put to rest, <laughs> and next season we see LeBron James or Michael. Michael Jordan come back, even at age 60, to prove that he can win in the end-season tournament. And then the third thing is your beloved New York Knicks, after losing the Bucks in the quarterfinals, do they blow it up now before the trade deadline so they're ready for next season's in-season tournament, or do they wait till the off-season? tell you, it's what happens when you lose. Winning and losing in the in-season tournament forces people to make moves, Mark, I'm telling you. I just wonder if the Lakers wait until Christmas Day to hoist the banner. At the crypt, I mean, do they wait that long? Do they do it in the beginning of the year. Do they do it next year. When do they raise that banner when they win on Saturday? You know what? I think you know, in light of the fact they're going to have a Christmas Day game against the Boston Celtics. I mean, host a Christmas parade, have Santa on his sleigh. They're displaying the banner outside, and then they unveil it before they play uh, on the holiday. I dig oh, that. I like is, that. Is Saturday night the last time we see LeBron James in uniform before Christmas Day? 
<laughs> you know what? That is a uh, that's an interesting point you bring up. I think the answer is no. I think that he will still play. He's still being really healthy and playing dominant. But I think in all seriousness, I have been thinking about this, that we've seen such great basketball and none of this load management nonsense and, you know, some blowout games for ever since opening night. But this is correlated from opening night excitement, jumping an in-season tournament. Now it's going to carry over to the Christmas Day marquee games. What's going to happen in January? Like, all these New Year's resolutions will be, you know what, i got to be healthy. All of a sudden I'm hurt on load management. These quality games in January when there's no in-season tournament might take a nosedive. You know, and that's the thing is that as good as it's been, because the NBA in-season tournament's been pretty good for the NBA, is that – the, having it at the beginning of the year when the first month is overall excitement for the league in general, I, I don't get why they didn't just, hey, let's just have it after the holidays. Let's have it in January. Let's play a solid two and a half, three weeks, whatever it is. We play all the game. Everybody plays the same games at home. They count for the standings, everything else. But it becomes a clear tournament. We spend two and a half weeks playing this tournament from beginning to end. And we crown a winner. We give them the trophy. And it's a, it's an easier thing to digest and watch. And it cuts through the clutter rather than just say, is tonight a tournament game? Well, I look at the floor. Oh, the floor is crazy. It's an in-season tournament game. So I don't, know why, I don't know why they decided, hey, we'll do it right off the jump with the games interspersed with other regular season games. I mean, I, I know there's going to be some fixing to it, but you know, that's the first thing I would do to change it for next year. Well, it is a very fair question. Here's where the NBA came down upon this, because we talked to, you know, I did and so did a few other media members talked to some NBA officials during the season when they announced the details about the in-season tournament. The reason why they didn't do it until after Christmas is they felt uh, there's no way they can compete with, you know, actual bowl games, you know, the real ones, you know, in the new year and the NFL playoffs. And it would also get in the way of kind of the ramp-up and promotional efforts for the All-Star game. And if you look at the calendar here, All-Star weekends, February 16th to the 18th. So in the NBA's mind, they felt by doing this at the beginning of the season, it would reduce, you know, the likelihood of what we've seen in the past that after opening night, opening week, things kind of lollygag until Christmas Day. Um, and it wouldn't interfere into – you know, players really trying to, uh, you know, have good performances so they make the all-star game and the talk around that. So they felt like they have that to take care of. But I do think that at least, you know, for two weeks in January, we'll see some lulls and then it'll pack up as pick up as guys are trying to state their case to make the all-star game and not be snubbed. And then it'll be snub season where everyone feels like they should have gotten on the, on the ballot. How many uh, of these guys have already dropped their bonuses uh, with markers at the tables? <laughs> it's a fair question. I'm wondering, is it you know like Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation, where the, you know they think, hey, I'm going to buy the family a pool, and all of a sudden, you know what? You have to win a game and get your Christmas bonus first. Um, here, here's the thing. It might not be a bad decision if they already did that because if you get to the final itself, you already win money. You get yeah. 200000 each. So it's not like zero or nothing. And I believe if you made the semifinals but lost, you got 100000 And, hey, 
just to, you know, ease your mind and frustration, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, everyone on the Knicks, they got $50,000 for getting the quarterfinals. So they could yeah. they could throw some money down, too, here. Yeah, that's like after taxes. That's like five bucks a piece in New York. <laughs> they got a nice sandwich from the bodega. Hey. You know what? Exactly. They got a nice sandwich. They got a nice uh, coffee at the hotel. You know, that that stuff's expensive, so at least they got a free meal out of it. Especially if Jimmy Butler's stalking around with big head coffee. <laughs> You're talking 20 bucks a pop minimum. All right, so it, it's been a success. We can, we can say this, the intensity of it. Uh, it has certainly come through, Mark. I, I think uh, I like the lighting, you know, club atmosphere. We have no idea how many people are in the stands, particularly me sitting here in the Fox Sports Radio studios because I can't hear it. So it's all just about the, the gameplay and everything else. Um, but I, I think you take a victory lap if you're the NBA, at least for this point, because we, we got past the initial jokes about the courts and actually saw some really good basketball. Yeah, I think it solved more problems than created. And I think like with everything in the world, you don't want perfection to get in the way of good, right? Um, so it at least addressed the things that we've often griped about in recent seasons of games not being competitive and guys staying out because of injuries both real and, you know, I don't want to say exaggerated, but, you know, just being very overly cautious, whether it's by management or player or combination of both. And, you know, we've resisted LeBron-MJ debates, right? I mean, clearly now we can put a rest to that because of what LeBron's about to do on Saturday. But in all seriousness, <laughs> the, it, the focus has been about the games and the quality of competition and everything there. And from what I've seen, um, most games, they've been competitive. You know, it's not like it always comes down to a game winner or, or things like that, but you can tell that teams are trying a lot harder and it means something. And that, maybe that's, you know, obviously an indictment and uh, an acknowledgement that guys weren't always bringing their A game before, but at least it's reducing the severity of that. So I think it's win-win. I think that they'll still make tweaks. Maybe they reduce the point differential so we don't see guys, you know, going crazy over it, like, you know, hacking guys that are poor free throw shooters, even though they're up by 20 already. Uh, maybe they change the court so you don't get blinded by it. But I think as far as the idea of itself of having a tournament, having cash incentives, it's great. And look, like I love transparency. So I have no problem when players have just openly acknowledged them uh, when they've said, yeah, we, we care about the tournament because we want to make some extra money here. So I think it's good. NBA insider Mark Medina, our guest, the Jason Smiths, with Mike Harmon live from the Tyrac.com studios. Is it just the money? Like, is it just the money? Is it, is it, is it, is it, hey, it's something new? Because I watch LeBron and I go, LeBron's got a lot of money. You know, I mean, I get it, but he's playing. I mean, for so much for a, hey, I traded all for a little for more. Playoffs. I mean, this is, I mean, this is LeBron playing at peak LeBron NBA finals type LeBron. I mean, is it just the, hey, I want to win an in season turn. It's a different championship. Like, what, what's behind it other than the money for him? Well, for LeBron specifically, yeah, I mean, look, he's already in the billionaire club, but people who are in the billionaire club like to get extra money regardless. <laughs> I think in fairness, um, you know, the good Samaritan had in the season of, you know, of the holidays spirit here, 
Um, when you're looking at the NBA, end of roster, look, it's first world, so it's not like the every man can relate, but their contracts are more tenuous, their earnings are a lot less, and their career lifespans a lot less, so this money is a lot more significant, so I think that LeBron and other star players are aware of that, of how significantly helpful it will be for young guys on, on non-guaranteed contracts. I think the other thing is because it wasn't, with exception of the championship game, everything that we've seen so far, it's not an extra game. It counts in the regular season standings. It still means something. And I think specifically about LeBron, um, there's two things. He's a lot healthier than he was when we saw him uh, and the Lakers getting swept by the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals last uh, playoff run. Uh, I think secondly, I don't want to overstate it because we've been like kind of tongue-in-cheek about his resume, but I, I do think that there is something to be said about the idea that he's part of the first NBA Cup and with an unknown of how much the next generation is going to care about this, I think that he wants to make sure that he has this, you know, it, with his name attached to it. That's not to say it's going to change anything, whether it's, you know, player debates or his resume itself, but why not, right? It's a nice, it's a nice Sunday topping on top of many other toppings that he already has. Yeah, it might be the last time he gets to hoist a trophy, too. Uh, but. <laughs> Hey, blank you, Harmon. Well, I mean, I had to say it. Look, uh, last one for me, uh, Mark, to take it outside the tournament. You know, we're 20 to 23 games in for all these squads. We we can talk about the Pistons and Spurs and what dumpster fires they are. Uh, what's the best story out of this, this first part of the season for you? Yeah, it's interesting um, because every all the all the balls are juggling up in the air. Um, there, there's, I think, a division of things going on. Where in the East, we clearly know that Boston and Milwaukee—they're the, they're, they're the front runners. Some of them show some growing pains. More probably more Milwaukee than Boston. But you know, teams like Indiana, as we've seen with them getting to the finals here, and Philadelphia, and even Orlando, like those are teams to be reckoned with and you have to take seriously. And I didn't see that coming. I thought that Orlando would be like a sneaky, cool playoff team, uh, but they're young. The Sixers, hey, addition by subtraction without James Harden, but still a transition phase. Um, it, you know, I'm not trolling here. Like, include the Knicks. They're good, too. You have to keep yeah. them serious. Um, and the West, it kind of applies the same way. Like, we know that the Nuggets are going to be there at the end of the day. Uh, we know that the Lakers and the Suns, if they're healthy, can be there. But I didn't see Minnesota or Oklahoma City being one and two right now. And that could very well be subject to change, but I think that it illustrates that they have the right combination of young talent that you have to take them seriously. So with all that, I think that that's made for a lot of good competition because while there are going to be teams like the Spurs that lose a lot of games, even though Victor Wambanyama is intriguing, or the Detroit Pistons, which is just unwatchable from top to bottom, for the most part, the rest of the league itself offers compelling basketball. And as an NBA fan, like that's what you should want, that on any given night, any team has a chance, and the, the quality of the product is going to be good. And I suspect that that's going to play out, you know, barring significant injuries on certain teams, uh, to be a theme through the rest of the season. 
He's on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina, longtime NBA insider, friend of the show, Mark. As always, buddy, appreciate your time, and, and we'll talk to you uh, next for the Lakers banner raising, which could be next week. Yes, sir, and we'll see the uh, the Knicks retooling for uh, next season tournament. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. Have fun. There goes Mark Medina. Great stuff for the NBA in-season tournament. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. We'll have more on the NBA in-season tournament coming up in a little bit. We'll get into the big, wide-ranging impact because what they've done this year is not just going to affect the NBA. It's going to affect other sports as well. But straight ahead, we get back to the big debate coming off of Thursday night football. Do you really want Bill Belichick coaching your team next year? That's next right here. Jason and Mike Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Garman. Jason, you don't sound pumped enough. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, Why do you this, hate this, Hanukkah? Is it, this is... <laughs> this guy's singing Sweet his song. heart out, Jason. It's a good song. I don't know if there's anybody more excited for the dreidel than this guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's jacked up about it. Well, I mean, they're taking just the lines from South Park and put it, dreidel, 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 I made you. All right. Uh, you, you, wait, wait. <laughs> 
Happy night one, knuckleheads. Yeah, the Jason right Smith Show with Mike Harmon live the Tyrac.com studios. Yes, happy night one of Hanukkah. Uh, we got Jay Glazer coming up in about a half hour. Great stuff coming off of the Thursday night matchup between the Steelers and the Patriots. Won surprisingly by the Patriots, 21-18. Now, despite all this, Mike. Plus six talk, was easy, though. Look, we, we <laughs> talked earlier this hour about Belichick and his style of coaching, which mm-hmm. is a negative style, which doesn't really uh, – reflect and 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 inspire the younger players now um the other part of it is this is is the report came out today that a, a few executives around the league expect bill belichick to have suitors in the offseason and there could be some sort of transaction not quite a trade but some sort of hey belichick leaves the patriots he goes to coach another team and some executives say the compensation could be as high as a first round pick all right now let's take his style of coaching out of it for a little bit let's just be honest right here i get that you look at bill belichick and his resume you think okay we're getting a great dude load the super bowls you're not getting that bill belichick i'm sorry me and and look and i know i need a new head coach every time i watch the robert sala brushing his teeth commercial i go oh we stink uh i don't want belichick I, it's a Bill Belichick for the last three-plus years who has just guided the Patriots into disrepair. All the moves that have been made were his. None of them have worked. This team is bereft of talent. They're bereft of stars. They have no future. They're an absolute teardown at every single position after this year. Whoever winds up coming in succeeding Belichick, they're a teardown. This is the Belichick you're getting. The guy coming off these three and a half years of personnel moves and and, and record and of, of a lack of success that just would get anybody fired before they got to year three. And here he is. This is the guy you're getting. So I'm sorry. This Bill Belichick, you, you tell me, first of all, I don't want him. I sure as all going to give a first-round pick to go get him. Well, I'll take him as a coach. He has no personnel decisions. And he's going to be okay with that? He'll well, okay he is, that? or I yeah, don't hire fine. him. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I, uh, I can't see him being not okay no, with but, making these decisions. But, look, it, it at least needs to be collaborative and not just a guy who's an empty suit. Right, and and that's something, and and you'll hear from Jay Glazer, uh, who we had a chance to talk to a little bit earlier, and that that's probably the ideal scenario, right? Is that you have a situation whereby, hey, Bill, you're coaching. Here's the groceries. Go go to work. And I know you always want to pick them. I would just say the last three years, I've made the distinction each and every season. The guy that coaches them up, coaches them up pretty well. The guy that picks them, nah, not so much. Unfortunately, they happen to inhabit the same brain. That and his yeah, he's dog. Been that guy for twenty and, years. And suddenly and now it's dog yeah. On the, you're uh, working. You're working under a guy after twenty years of calling the shots. You I, know what? Maybe you're tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of all the shot call. Now, nah, shot callers want to keep calling shots, man. That's how it works. Yeah, I'm just. I, I had a I had a thought, but I'll, I'll let it slip into the ether. Um. Look, I, I get it. it. It's the change and either a, you adapt or die, right? In all business, it's something we've been talking about behind the scenes here, right? How you look at your business, how you look at your relationships and everything, you, you've got to change with the times. And for Belichick, I got to I gotta think at least from a coaching perspective, there's some learning that's been done uh, with the next generation of players. Now, from a personnel standpoint, we've watched it. 
right? You're not getting saved by the superior quarterback right now. If you had average quarterback play, like, say, Bailey Zappi gave you tonight, you're winning a bunch of games. You haven't seen that. And you've picked every wide receiver wrong time and time and time again, all those first-round busts. So you don't get to pick the groceries. You get to go coach them up. Again, He's going to be, after being someone who's been made all the decisions, I'm okay with somebody right. else. You're saying he won't be okay with it. I'm saying that's the only way it works. I don't see why those are both wrong. More on this coming up next, right? What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 